welcome back to the I Write in the Dark podcast. I'm your host, Jace Rosenberg, and today we're going to be talking about writing for a certain market and how that might affect what you choose to write and how you write. And I got this idea today from a, a fellow anchor podcaster whose name is Torsen Kipton and his anchor channel is Be Afraid. And he's a horror writer, but his channel is not all about just horror. So, And it's not all about writing, so there's something there for everybody. He kind of details his struggles and his uh, writing habits and things in general. He's got a lot of great content over there, so head over and check him out. So, getting on into this. For me, um, ever since I can remember... I've had a lot of trouble kind of doing things the right way. I had, in my notes for the podcast, I had put down, I had trouble staying inside the lines. And that kind of makes me sound like a bad boy, which that's not what I was at all. I, I, I barely ever got in trouble. And I always did what my parents told me, mostly. But, so it's not that kind of thing. It's kind. It's the kind of thing that, if I'm supposed to do it this way, why do I have to do it this way? I need to know answers on why I have why does math have letters and numbers, you know. I'm that kind of person. I want to know reasons, you know. And I know uh there are good reasons for it that I don't even care to remember anymore. But that's just the way that goes. And so I've kind of never wanted to conform on some things and I've always just had questions like where does this word come from? Why do we use this word? Why, who made up the meaning of this word? Why did this word ever come about? Things like this. Why, why do we use it in this way? And that's not necessarily exactly what I'm talking about either, but it's another example of the way my mind thinks. So you're kind of getting to know me here. Um, <laughs> a good example here will be as a teenager... Um, we would kind of talk, you know, people kind of talk about like what they want when they grow up and they get out into the real world. And for me, what I wanted was weird. It was a house that on the inside I had siding, but it wasn't like regular siding that you'd see on the outside of the house. It would be going, um, up and down instead of crossways. So it'd be vertical instead of horizontal. And I wanted carpet on my ceiling. Um, just wild, off-the-wall things. You know, that, you know, this is what I wanted. <laughs> this is what I wanted my house to be. And if, and if my wife didn't like it, I wasn't, you know, she was just going to have to get over it. Because that's the way it was going to be. And, you know, that's just not how it is today. <laughs> uh, you know, that's not how that goes. That's not how life goes. But, um... That's kind of a way, you know, kind of giving you the idea of how my mind thinks and how I don't want to fit inside of a little box that people think you should fit into just because it's always been done that way or it should be done that way. Um, there's got to be possibly a different way. You know, who's to say your way is the only way or the way that it's always been done is the only way. And so... You, this is kind of giving you some background as to why this is important to me as far as 
um, something I want to talk about today in writing for a specific market. So as we get into segment two here, uh, that's what we will be talking about. We're going to kind of start talking about how I started out in my writing and how I kind of maybe got off on the wrong foot. Stick with me. When I really started taking my writing seriously, I was very green. And what I mean by that is I had no clue what I was doing. None. I didn't think of the publishing aspect. I didn't think of the marketing aspect. I, Even though I had a minor in marketing, I didn't think of it at all. It just didn't cross my mind. You would think that that would be one of the first things that would cross my mind, but it wasn't. And I just wanted to write. I was blinded by my love for writing. I wanted to just put my fingers on the keys and start making things, creating things out of nothing. That's always been the part that fascinates me about writing, is that you literally are creating something out of nothing. And it's the, it just blows my mind how that we as humans are have that capability. And for me, I think that stems from our Father. God is a creator. And therefore, we being made in His image are also creators. And we enjoy creating as well as He did. So, like I said, I was blinded by my love for writing. And I just wanted to start creating things. And most of the things I created never seen the light of day. And I hope that they never will because they are pretty awful. Um, I did have a friend that we would share our writings back and forth. And kind of critique each other and just read it. And it wasn't really in-depth critique. It was just kind of like, hey, I like that. This part of your story was great. I like that. And you're just kind of those generality things. And in doing things the way I did, I lost sight of my audience. I didn't put a lot of thought into that at all. And had I thought about publishing and marketing, then I would have thought about my audience. That would have been one of the first things I would have thought about. And it should be one of the first things that you think about. And, you know, I'm assuming that since you're listening to this podcast that you are not a New York Times best-selling author so you're kind of in the boat with me you know we want to make it we want to get to that point that's probably most of our desire is to make that coveted New York Times best-selling list even though most of the authors that I have heard speak will tell you you know the ones that have been on that list will tell you that it's very fleeting. Making that list is not everything it's just cracked up to be. Because it's something that's very fleeting and can be taken away very quickly with your next book. That might not do as well. So you can't depend on doing this. Uh, the love of it has to be what drives you. I guess I'll say it that way. The love of writing has to be what drives you. Not the fame and notoriety that you might gain from it because that will be very fleeting and will come and go because people will be very judgmental of the things that you write especially if you have an audience that you have built 
Um, I can think of just an example for me, and I'm not talking bad about this person's writing at all because he's my favorite author, Ted Decker. Um, there's books that he, the first book that I ever read by Ted Decker was three, and I loved that book. Absolutely did not want to put it down. And then when I started reading the Circle series, which so many of Ted Decker's fans love the Circle series, and they will swear by the Circle series, and that'll be the only thing they ever want to read by Ted Decker. I just couldn't get into it. I had a very hard time getting into it. So you see that your the things that you write are going to be, even by your own fans, might not be. They might not like it. So the fame and notoriety of a list is not going to be what makes you happy. But you do have to think of your audience. You have to think of who you're writing for. Those people that are going to read what you write. And so I trained myself to think only of myself because I was writing for myself. And you can't do that. You have to put the yourself into the reader's shoes. And not limit yourself. Because you will limit yourself if you don't think of your audience. I thought that because I liked it, surely there would be someone else out there that liked it as well. That enjoyed my writing. And while that is true, someone else will enjoy it. I was limiting myself because... I wasn't thinking of the larger audience. And so that's kind of what you're going to have to think about as you begin this journey or as you are reevaluating your place in the journey. Do I, you know, who do I want to write for? Do I want to write for that smaller audience that will be only like me? Or do I want to write for the larger audience of a certain genre that are going to be used to seeing things done a certain way? And with my first book, The Lobby, um, like I said, I was so green and I was just gung ho to get this book out there. I just wanted to get it done. I was just excited. I was, you know, just, man, I'm writing a book and I'm going to put it out there and people are going to buy it and they're going to love it. And well, yeah, people bought it and some people loved it <laughs> and some people didn't. And they will make that known in your reviews. So you want to take the time. To do things the right way. I wish I had slowed down and put more thought into that book. So now I'm going to have to eventually go back and revisit it and do a second edition because there are so many things that I would love to change about that book. And it bothers me that it's out there, but um, yeah. I will revisit it. Don't worry about that. And if you really want to see how awful it was, you can go look it up on Amazon. It's it's there. It's there for 99 cents, I think. Yeah, 99 cents. And if you want to spend a whole dollar on it, you can check it out and read and see just how green I was. And you could probably read my second book and still think that I'm pretty green because... I'm learning. That's the thing. I'm learning here, and I'm trying to show you some of the things that I'm learning on the way. So, back to what I was talking about. On the lobby, I let so many things slip through the cracks and slide through the cracks that um, I wouldn't have had I been thinking about it. 
and some would argue I would even change the ending if I was really considering my audience. I like the ending. So many people, even in my family, that read it like, you know, why couldn't you have ended that differently? Because I didn't want it to end that way. Well, that was the way I ended it because that's the way the story came to me. And that's the way I thought the story should be written. But, you know, therein lies your choice. Do I write because of what people want to read? Or do I write what I feel should be written because to me, that's the way the story goes. These are choices you have to make. And when I went to, and I think I've talked about this before, I went to a writing conference in Texas called The Ragged Edge. It's in Austin, Texas. And I think it was 2015 that I went to that conference. And I found out that I was doing so many things wrong. So many things wrong. But, and, you know, I just talked about Ted Decker. He was the keynote speaker. And I learned a lot from him. The man is, you know, like, genius, <laughs> you know, when it comes to these things. He is such a genius. And every speaker there had so many good things to offer on how to market, on how, you know, the publishing industry and how it works. And all these things that I hadn't thought a lot about until probably about a year before the conference, about 2014 or so, I really started thinking more about the marketing. I started to try to make my website or my blog more geared toward these things. And I still was kind of feeling my way in the dark on how to do those things. And at times I still am. At times I'm still kind of feeling my way around in the dark, but I want to make my own way. I don't want to do it, you know, the way everybody says it needs to be done. And I hope that that doesn't sound conceited because I'm not a conceited person. I just, the way that I do things is I want to figure it out for myself. Fumbling around the darkness like that. And that's the way I, I do it. And it might take me longer to learn because I do it that way. And an example of of this is that when I was young, probably... I don't know, fourth grade maybe, the guidance counselor called my mom and had her come to the school. He wanted to talk to her. And he said, you know, I want you to look at Jason's test here. Jason's my name. I go by Jace, in case you didn't know. But he said, Jason has went down through here and did all of the hard problems first and left the easy ones. He said, and how do I know this? He said, because there are so many of the easy ones just left because he ran out of time. And I guess in my fourth grade mind, I was thinking that if I do all the hard ones first, I'll have time to rush through and do the easy ones at the end. Apparently that didn't work out for me. So, you know, you, you do learn things in life by trial and error. And that's the way I'm kind of doing this, by trial and error. But like I said... So many of these speakers had so many great things to say and share. Um, you know, that I couldn't even begin to try to condense it into this little bit of a podcast because I don't want to make these very long. Um, 20, 25 minutes at the most. I, I want to try to keep them in that, that kind of a range. 
but the conference really opened my eyes on the need to conforming to some of these boxes of traditional publishing because these publishers know what the market is looking for. This is their job. Uh, the agents, the publishers, all these people know exactly for each genre that they publish. They know exactly what needs to be in that book for people to basically fall in love with it. Down to the cover art. Yes, even the cover art. Because you'll find from what I've uh, from what these people have told me, these um, best-selling authors that were at the conference had told me, <laughs> yeah, you know, that just sounds great, doesn't it? And, you know, it's not like I've experienced this for myself that I can tell you about it. I'm telling you what other people have told me. But these are very reliable sources, and they are people who have gone before us and put in the work. So I trust what they're saying, that when you offer yourself up to these agents and publishers you have to be willing to take their criticisms and the thing that they're the things that they're going to tell you uh, they might give you a choice of a book cover it might not be what you want but it's what they know will sell this is their job they do it they make money that's their job they want to make money and that's basically what it boils down to and one of the um, speakers Mary DeMuth she made a very good point she said, these ed editors, these agents, these publishers, you want to keep them happy. You don't want to be the one who kind of bucks up against the system every time that they try to tell you something because these people will remember you. They will remember who you are. And if you're difficult to work with, then they're not going to want to work with you. So you've got to keep that in mind as you're on this journey. What are you willing to put aside what are you willing to let go because there are going to be some things in your story that are going to have to be let go they're going to have to be cut because as much as we think the things that we write are perfect and great the editor the agent the publisher they might not like it they might take issue with those things and we have to be willing to either conform or go our own way. That's what our choices are going to boil down to. We'll talk about that here in a minute. But understand that we can learn so much from those who have gone before us in this journey of writing. So if you can find a writing conference to go to, I definitely would look into it because you will learn so much from that. If you've never been to one, find one. These are going to be your people, your tribe. And when you find them, you will not want to let go. You'll want to keep going back. You will absolutely enjoy a conference. Hands down. No matter. You'll enjoy it. So if you can do it, do it. But to wrap this up. Our decision lies in this. We either want to write for a larger market. Or write for a smaller market. In the larger market, you're writing to please those editors, agents, and publishers who know what they're doing. They've done it day in and day out for as long as books have been here that have been published. And they know the game. They know the changing, uh, ever-changing road of publishing. They know it in and out. And they know what makes money. And so it's a good way to go if that's the way you want to do If you're willing to uh, do the changes that they want to make with your manuscript.
and the things that you write. You know, you'll be fitting yourself into that box. Or self-publishing, where you're in control of everything. But in being in control of everything, that means the editing, the uh, book cover art, and the formatting, all these things that you'll have to pay for out of pocket. Or if you know someone who is able to do those things, they might they might do it for you at a cheaper price or even free. But you want to make sure that the quality is on par with what you want it to be. You want it to be as top-notch as you can get it. Because it can ruin people's impression of you and your writing. If those things aren't. Um, in tip-top shape, I guess. We'll say it that way. So those are things to think about in your decision. It's not an easy one to make. I do, like for me, I've done self-publishing on both my novels because I was pretty content with getting my work out there. And in doing so, I may have put myself into a smaller pond, but I'm happy with my second book, especially. I'm happy with the way it turned out. And I don't know that it would have fit into any box that an agent or an editor or a publisher would have wanted. But it fits into my box. And I put out what I knew needed to be put out. I was in control of everything. And luckily I had people around me who were willing to do those things for free. But like I said, ultimately the choice is yours in how you're going to do this. And in the future, I plan on doing a pro and con for both of these. You know, a pro self-publishing, or a pro-con for self-publishing and pro-con for traditional publishing. From everything that I've learned from these best-selling authors, as well as my own experience in self-publishing. So if there are any questions that you have about that, that you would like answered, I will do my best to find answers for those. So if you are an anchor, you can call in with those questions on self-publishing or traditional publishing, or if you are listening to this on podcast or on the web, you can go to my website at www.jaserosenberg.com. That's www.jaserosenberg. Dot com, and you can email me through the contact me page, or you can go to my Twitter, which is at Jace R75. That's Jace R75. And you can DM me those questions, or you can even email me directly, Jace at JaceRosenberg.com. You can reach me at any of those places and ask me the questions that you would like to see answered in a pro-con self-publishing versus traditional publishing podcast. And I will get to work on that as soon as I start getting some of those questions. If not, I'll still get to work on it with my own questions. <laughs> so we can wade through these murky waters together because we all are learning on this journey. And I hope that you are enjoying going on it with me. And until next time, I'm going to be signing out. This is Jace. Have a great one, and God bless.